Hello and welcome back to iBiology, the IBDP revision podcast, which should not be only resource. Please also go listen to Mr. Dunn. But uh, anyway, if you want to learn along with us today, uh, we are still using the um, biology study guide and the um, biology textbook, both from Oxford. Uh, today we'll be looking at uh, unit 3, specifically 3.1, 3.2 and 3.5. You might be wondering why we're skipping meiosis and inheritance. It's because they also come up again, but in more detail in the uh, unit 11, or actually unit 10, I believe that, yeah, unit 10, that is kind of the higher level extension to this unit. And so thematically it makes the most sense to put those together. It might make this one a bit short and the next one a bit long, but we'll see. So <laughs> first of all, let's get over some basic um, knowledge, ideas, Genetics, what is a gene? <laughs> uh, so now the textbook uh, succinctly summarizes it, uh, summarizes it as a gene is a heritable factor that consists of a length of DNA and influences a specific characteristic. Now this sounds relatively vague, so let's um, dive into what exactly that means. Um, if you remember uh, nucleic acids and DNA, uh, DNA transcription and translation, you'll know that it's made into mRNA, which is then used to create proteins. In translation. No. Yes. So transcription is the thing that makes it from DNA to mRNA and translation then makes the proteins. Yeah. Important to know that so that when they ask you a question about it, you don't accidentally <laughs> write the wrong things for six to seven points. So... Um, if you remember, they make uh, uh, so we make proteins from the DNA. The DNA being a very long molecule which contains a bunch of genes. Mm -hmm. So the DNA and, the and how do we know where one gene starts and the next one, like and where it ends and where the next one starts? Um, it's uh, remember. Uh, do you remember the start and the stop codons? Mm -hmm. So A uh, A U G. Uh, the it's the start codon for methionine, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, there's a, uh, and there's and there's three stop codons that indicate when transcription is supposed to end. Oh, okay. And remember, not everything um, on the DNA is actually used to code for a gene. Ah, there are also like the useless exactly things. tandem repeats, um, which we're actually going to go to what we can use those for telomeres, all and of that stuff. We're gonna go through that. Later. Yeah, we're we're gonna go through that. Don't worry about it. Okay. We're getting there. Let's go. So uh, now these very long DNA molecules, they're called, uh, they're chromosomes also. Um, generally we have... Well, but only if they're super cold, right? Well, they're still chromosomes. They're still associated with um, the... We can't see them usually. Mm -hmm. So un unless... But yeah, we generally refer to it as chromatin. But uh, that's actually the first thing. The difference between prokaryote and eukaryote mm -hmm. chromosomes. So if you remember from unit one, prokaryotes, um, bacteria with 70, uh, 70S ribosomes, they're very different from eukaryotes. That's kind of like the first division we make when we categorize Eukaryotes organisms. being uh, things in humans and animals and shit. Yes, eukaryotes. Okay. So, um, pr uh, so prokaryote chromosomes, they just have a singular um, chromosomes. It's a circular DNA molecule. What does that even mean? <laughs> a circular DNA molecule? Like... DNA that goes in a circle. Ah. That, that just connects at the end. Ah, lit. Okay. Um, and there's no associated proteins, meaning it's also sometimes called naked, so a naked mm -hmm. loop of DNA. Um, 
but they also have plasmids, which are also pieces of DNA. Now, obviously, they're optional, so they, they don't contain anything that's essential for the... But where are the function. plasmids in the prokaryote? Do they and just float just, around? Yeah, they're just additional um, things that can be taken in and put out by the um, thing. So they, they replicate independently of the cell. Ah, but... Okay, so, but they don't. They're not part of like this loop of naked no, DNA. No, they're not. They're just they're in the, they're individual parts, but they can still be transcribed. Transcribed, mm -hmm. meaning that they can still affect uh, the pr proteome ah, okay. of the c ah, cell. Okay. Okay. Um, and that is also uh, about, uh, and that leads also into antibiotic resistance, um, because though again they don't usually contain essential parts of uh, what it's what the cell needs instead it um can code for things like antibiotic resistance uh, which will uh, and it can then be passed um not only between bacteria of the same species but also if they die and they have still the plasmids and that's consumed by another bacterium between bacteria of other species as well and that's why antibiotic resistance can be such a big problem because we don't oh. have to wait for them to be inherited wait so the plasmids they code for antibiotic resistance in the prokaryote. Not always, but it's one of the things that yeah, they can do. Okay. And so, oh, so if one of them dies and is consumed by another bacterium, then the other bacterium... Or generally is, uh, like, yeah, replicated. Um, then the other bacterium automatically also has that antibiotic yeah, it, it resistance. Yeah, then also has the... Oh, that's wild. Yeah, there's... And that's... Um, and that's also why... Uh, that, okay, we're, we're going to get to that in Unit 4. Let's not talk about it yet. Why it can put an asterisk next to, like, what is a, uh, what is a species. Mm, okay. So, now, uh, so that's prokaryotic uh, DNA. Eukaryotic DNA, so the one with us and the one that this um, unit focuses on more. Um, it contains a linear DNA molecule, uh, which is associated with histone proteins. Now, the histone proteins, they're proteins that help during the supercoiling, but they are still always there. So if you look at the DNA, it just looks like kind of a very beaded string because there's always the histone proteins and then like a bit of like just DNA and then more histone proteins because that way they can like supercoil and get like uh, shorter and fatter when it's time so to divide. If uh, if the DNA is not associated with histone proteins, then we can I think we can hardly see it with like a microscope, right? Again, no, it's it's always uh, like it is always still there. It it it's always associated with the histone proteins. It's just sometimes they they're just not always supercoiled. Ah, and okay. I mean we can still see it. It just looks like a big tangled mess. Ah, okay. It's like the difference between winding up string on like a stick mm -hmm. and just having it all cluttered in your yeah, okay. thing. That's okay. why we want it to be super cool, so that we can pull it apart neatly without it just... Okay. Just for reference, Helen just made a very scribbly scrubbly movement with her hands. I was hoping that it would catch on the um, <laughs> recording and that... But thank you for the audio description. Um, You're welcome. So, um, then... With some more terminology, so when we can we talk about chromosomes, chromatids, homologous chromosomes, and sister chromatids. Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, um, what we define as a chromosome is when they're uh, is just when they're connected, when they're in one. When who is connected? Um, the long piece of DNA. Uh, so you usually, if you look at pictures of chromosomes online, mm -hmm. uh, you'll see that there's uh, that they're kind of 
two uh, two versions that are kind of connected at the in center. the middle. Exactly, mm-hmm. through uh, the central mirror. Okay, so that's a chromosome. Those, yeah. Um, it, uh, so when you look at the cells, they usually call them there's diploid and haploid cells. But we'll get more into that during cells. meiosis. The coincidence of cells have nothing about chromosomes created. Diploid and haploid cells is that uh, diploid indicates the number of chromosomes that a, uh, something has. So haploid, so in humans, our diploid number of chromosomes is 46. Mm-hmm. Because we have two versions of each chromosome. Mm-hmm. One from our mother and one from our father. Mm-hmm. That came to make you. Yay. Um, so... Uh, uh, so during mitosis and meiosis, um, we see the chromosomes supercoiled, and at that point, they're usually together. Yeah. And those are then um, homologous chromosomes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they are, and that's during mitosis. So that's only what, so they always they're always there. Yeah. But when they're supercoiled, homologous uh, they're homologous chromosomes. Homologous chromosomes they carry the same genes. But just at uh, uh, so they carry the same genes, so they code for the same things. But they have to, um, they might have different alleles, right? And alleles being alleles being different uh, different forms of one specific gene. Okay. Uh, obviously, the common example that people hear is between brown eyes and blue eyes. Mm-hmm. That where um, you might have uh, you might have one allele for brown eyes and one allele for blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you would show brown eyes because that would be your dominant uh, trait. But more about that in the inheritance section. So, um, the genome... Brown eyes are the dominant? Yeah. <gasps> so at some point, humanity will only have brown eyes? That's not how that works. Schade. <laughs> I prefer brown eyes. Okay. <laughs> Next. Okay. That's, that's not how inheritance works. We're going we're gonna to talk about that later. Um... <laughs> also technically eye color is more complex than just the simple um to uh, uh, uh the just the simple punnett square mm-hmm. but again next different uh topic different uh, different subunit so now genomes is the whole genetic uh, information of an organism mm-hmm. it's all of the genes what are they uh specifically uh, one thing you, uh, you need to know about is the human the human genome project. So in the late twentieth century, there was basically the uh, goal to, hey, let's find out what the uh, let's find out what is actually coded for in the human genes. Um, it was completed a lot faster than originally thought. I believe uh, it was uh, completed in two thousand, um, because of advances in gene processing technology. Because they were obviously working on it. Nice. Um, though it is important to note that. Technically, it's not really the human genome; it's a human genome. Why? Because they couldn't. Uh, because they looked at spec- only like a handful of people's DNA, because they can't possibly look at everyone's DNA. Yeah, but isn't the DNA sim like? Yeah, it's similar, just uh, a certain set of alleles. Ah, okay. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, we general we generally have an idea. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, they vary considerably. So, um, so the genome sizes, yeah, they vary considerably. Same as chromosome numbers. Um, now the dip. Uh, so now there's again we were earlier talking about diploid and haploid. Usually when we look at 
chromosome numbers, we look at the diploid number. So that's why we hear humans have 46 chromosomes. Okay. Um, and the haploid number is 32. 23. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? 46. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Shush. Okay. Next. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Okay. Thank you. Next. I'm so fucking grateful for my ex. Um. Okay. Also, uh, also, if, um, like, <laughs> <laughs> the human genome uh, interests, uh, interests you and you want to, like, learn a bit more about it outside of uh, the DP Biology course, a book that I can recommend is um, Genome. Uh, it's a very, it's rather uh, simply titled, um, <laughs> very uncreative. Which basically goes through uh, the twenty, uh, which basically goes through twenty three chromosomes, and uh, looks uh, looks at the discoveries in that area and how they're related to human genetics. Mm-hmm. But anyway, moving on. Um, just because uh, now an initial like idea you might have is like, oh, okay, there's a different number of chromosomes that must indicate that. Um, the number of chromosomes has to do with how complex an organism is. Not quite. Uh, part of that is also because we can't even be sure how mon- how many genes there are in an organism based on the number of chromosomes. Because they... You look very confused, let me explain that. Because, um, they, uh, because chromosomes might be shorter or they might be longer. Okay. So, for example, like... If I was if I was writing a very long story, mm-hmm. I could just have one very long story. I could split up into three shorter books. I would still have uh, I would have still the same amount of information, but in one I'd have three divided but, but, into three parts. Was that so true with the with the organism, organisms being more complex than others? Well, I was just making the point that uh, just because uh, just because there's more chromosomes doesn't even mean that there's more genes. Ah, okay. Because the uh, the chromosomes might be more depend. Um, so, for, but one, exa- one example given uh, on page 39 of the uh, study guide has already said that they are, uh, so for example, humans have 46 chromosomes, dogs have 78. Ooh. Um, but yeah, there's, if you're, uh, I've seen it before, if there's a multiple choice question on a, a paper B uh, that tries to trick you into going like, ah, yes, be- more chromosomes means organisms are more complex. Don't fall for the trick there. Try Don't to- fall for it. Yeah. They're trying to trick you. Um, so, uh, now haploid, me, uh, haploid nucleus. That's when they have n number of uh, chromosomes. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's with uh, so, but we only really find them in gametes. Ah, okay. All the other have so two n. Yeah, all of the other ones are uh, uh, all of the other ones are diploid, so they have homologous chromosomes. Nice. So, now, um, karyotypes and karyograms. So, the karyotype is the number and type of chromosomes present in a cell organism. A karyogram is something you display them. So, if you look up human chromosomes, you're likely to find a picture where they're all nicely laid out, nice and colorful, next to one another. Um, basically, uh, it, shows, uh, it shows us all of the chromosomes. And one of the main things this connects to in a, with um, this is that... Uh, you can see things like Down syndrome, specifically trisomy twenty-one. Mm-hmm. It's when there's three versions um, of uh, the chromosome twenty-one, which causes Down syndrome. Oh, okay. So that uh, that would be because of non-disjunction, meaning that during meiosis they didn't properly split. Oh. Okay. So that's why we have more chromosomes. Um, 
also, and another thing that you can also realize is sex determination, which comes from uh, the X and Y chromosomes. So there's uh, with an, uh, so gen from the majority of the population, um, to, uh, it's either two X's or an X and Y chromosome, um, which will uh, which will either which again sex determination means male or female. So female XX, male XY. However, again, there's uh, diff uh, there's different ideas. So, for example, uh, again, page thirty nine of the study guide, um, it gives uh, an example of a karyogram of a male with Klinefelter syndrome, which is when there's two X chromosomes and a Y chromosome. Oh, okay. So, um, now we're going to be skipping over <laughs> some stuff in the study guide, although I believe there's more things. Uh, the textbook is organized a bit differently. Um, uh, right, one thing you need to know with when it comes to genes and alleles is that also um, sickle cell anemia. <laughs> <laughs> one thing you need to know, sickle cell anemia. Yeah, it comes from, uh, so actually let's first uh, mention mutations. Uh, mutations are just random changes. Most of the time, they're either bad or neutral. Very rarely, they're good. Well, the reason for that is because imagine if you uh, imagine you have like a long, nice story, and then you just randomly like cut out a page of that story and slap in a new page from a different book. Most of the time, that's going to not be very good. Sometimes it might work. Exactly, that's the idea. Um, obviously, it's slightly different because um, our genes weren't specifically created, as far as we know. Uh, they were, or rather, they just occurred through random mutation and natural selection. So that's why there might be an improvement. But because there's this long history of natural selection, we're, we've got pretty good genetics at this point. It's like <laughs> the fact that we're even working at this point <laughs> speaks for something. And thus, um, most of the time, a random change is going to be more detrimental or neutral. It could also just not affect it, partially because there can be several codons for uh, the same protein. So the, uh, several codons for the same protein, mm. and sometimes it just doesn't affect it that much. Okay. Um, there's both uh, base uh, substitutions and frame shift mutations. One of them is significantly worse than the other. Frame shift. So, yeah, frame shift. Uh, base, <laughs> substitu right. base substitution is just when you replace a base. Uh, meanwhile, frame shift is when like a base is taken out, at which point everything shifts. Because remember... Which causes a way bigger change, obviously. Yeah, because the codon's always read in threes. Yeah. Um, so I believe a nice uh, example that our biology teacher gave us was uh, if you have a sentence like, uh, the cat ate the rat. Mm-hmm. Um, if you replace the C and cat with a B, it would be the bat ate the rat, which is a different sentence, but still readable. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, if you just took out the C, it would um, suddenly spell something that I can't think of in my head right now, but it would definitely not, uh, it would make no sense anymore. You can try it out if you have it at home, but because remember, you still have to divide it into three letter words. Um, uh, it would be... Heck, tad, eh. Era. Yes. Yeah, so that's what happens if you take away the first letter. That's the frame shift. Got Again. It. Um, much worse than the base substitution. Yes. So, um, one, uh, so the causes for mutation 
um, could be something like high energy radiation. Um, that's why. Uh, that's why when you have X-rays, they'll put, uh, they'll usually put like a lead uh, thing in front of your uterus. That's also why a lot of people in like the twentieth century died because of yeah all of the X-ray uh, things, so they <laughs> got cancer. Rosalind Franklin and shit. Marie yeah. Curie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then people. Okay. And another thing is like mutagenic chemicals. So into uh, so in tobacco. Don't smoke, kids. It causes cancer. Nitrous, uh, nitrous amines. We we like discussed this. Or we actually we discussed this already in unit one, so we don't have to go into too much detail here. Um, but there's also one thing that's interesting. It's also the nuclear accident in Chernobyl and the nuclear bombing of Hiroshima, which are interesting, but you don't need to know about them in a lot of detail. Yeah, just know that basically it's an example of how the uh, how the spilling of radioactive materials caused a lot of people to get cancer. Okay, let's talk about sickle cell anemia. Yeah, sickle cell anemia. So sickle cell anemia came from a very simple base substitution. Um, part of the H, uh, HB gene. Um, uh, an A... Ad, uh, ad, uh, adenine got shifted through thymine. Mm-hmm. Um, so GAG went to GTG. Mm-hmm. So then the transcription changed from GAG to GUG. Ah, oh, yeah. And which trans- transcription we have RNA and RNA does not have thymine that has uracil. Let's go, kids. Um, which I actually, li- I actually listened to you once. <laughs> and then, um, which makes uh, which instead of glutamic acid means that valine will be part of the uh, mm-hmm. protein chain, which causes uh, which causes the um, hemoglobin I believe to stick uh, more together. And so the sickle, uh, so the sickle, ce- uh, so it creates a sickle cell, sickle-shaped oxygen, uh, red blood cells, which are less efficient at carrying oxygen. Mm-hmm. And how does that help people? Well, that's the thing. You might think, oh no, but doesn't that wouldn't that die out pretty quickly because of natural selection? Well, no. It's because even though if you have only the sickle cell gene, so if you have it's uh, HBA, uh, so HBS, HBS, the S being superscript um you would uh die <laughs> because of the uh, uh because you wouldn't be able to uh sufficiently carry oxygen causing you to become anemic um if you have if you have dominant and recessive it actually shows a resistance against malaria yeah mean uh, meaning that it's so uh, that's why it continued to survive exactly because being heterozygous for it offered you resistance to another um not very good illness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to put it mildly. So that's a mutation that was quite helpful. Um, it seems. I mean, yeah, yeah par- par- partially, and that's the thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Chromosomes. So, cro- uh, chromosomes. I think we already covered those. Uh, let's just qu- uh, quickly go through the textbook to make sure we didn't. Did miss we talk about plasmids? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, eukaryotic chromosomes. That's what I mean with the study guide and the textbook organized differently. The study guide first looks at chromosomes, then meiosis and inheritance, and then the first. I mean, well, the the. Yeah. Okay, I think we basically yep. looked at everything in this. Nice. Ooh, okay. Sexy termination. Did we talk about sexy yes, termination? Yes, I mentioned it with this. So, ah, yeah. One thing you might also want to know is that the X chromosome, uh, X chromosome is larger than the Y chromosome, and so this is one of the times where they're not quite homologous. And that's why also when we look at it, when we're going to look at inheritance later, um, there are some diseases that men will be more prone uh, to just because 
they're uh, more uh, because they are located on the X chromosome, so um, the uh, so they don't have an alternative like backup chromosome. Oh my god, that's oh okay. So, for example, with color red green color blindness, that's located on the X chromosome. So that's why I believe like one in twelve or thirteen men have red green color blindness, and only like one in two hundred women do. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. Just. Well, my personal sample may not be relatively large. I know two, two men with uh, <laughs> red-green colorblindness and no women. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> so, uh, let's then look at gene sequencing. Gen- uh, so now we have to look at um, mm. DNA. So, uh, basically, at this point, we have databases of genes and that we can use them to compare. Um, and you ca- uh, And you can kind of compare them and... It's probably an activity you did in class if you're taking happy biology. Um, so, one thing uh, we also need to know about is PCR, the polymerase chain reaction. I believe we already looked at them in um, in unit two, and uh, but basically just to quickly reiterate, um, the uh, the DNA is heated uh, to uh, separate uh, to ninety five degrees to separate the two strands. Then the temperature is reduced, so the primers can bind to both strands of the DNA. And then the temperature is increased back up, so um, the TAC DNA polymerase, the TAC be, uh, DNA polymerase being DNA polymerase from, um, I believe, an, or- uh, an organism in hot sp- uh, a bacteria found in hot springs. Mm-hmm. That's why they can still work at such high temperatures. Oh, nice. But we want the, And we want the temperatures to be so high so we can ha- have it all happen very quickly. Um, yeah, and then we get the uh, so that way, uh, and these allow us to amplify small samples, and by also add uh, and by also adding in um, dideoxyribonucleic acids, mm-hmm. we can stop. Uh, we can stop uh, it from happening at certain points because okay. if they if they're di- uh, dioxy that we can uh, then they stop the chain. They can't be replicated because remember the. Um, they uh, remember they always link to one another, right? Ooh, the deoxyribonucleic acids. Uh, the deoxyribonucleic acids. You, they link to one another. They bond. They bond to one another. How? When? What? For what? How do you remember the five uh, five prime and three prime end? They like. You mean the bases link? Yeah, the bases. Yeah, that's it. No, 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 no. Okay. Yes, the nucleic acids, they link to one another. And if we have di-deoxyribonucleic acids, then they, uh, then they can no longer link to one another. And so that's no. how we can sequence genes. It's because, uh, it's because they are, uh, the lack of the oxygen means that it can't bond at the other oh, end. Okay. Oh, okay. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So, and that's why, we, uh, and that's why we're able to uh, sequence genes, but we talked about this already in unit two, so there's so really now, uh, but just also um, as a reminder, gel electrophoresis. Basically, we put the DNA into a small well, then we put it into an electrophoresis tank, which has a gel mm-hmm. of a varying um, so of a certain um, like fluidity where we can get yeah. them through, and because we have a negative electrode on one side, the positive on the opposite side, because the DNA molecules carry a negative charge mm-hmm. and so then the DNA moves towards the positive electrode but because the smaller molecules move faster than the longer ones. So we get a, like a 
pattern sort of exactly where the thicker or the longer ones are in the back and the smaller ones are in the front more uh, so the smaller ones are closer to uh, to, to the, the end to the end yeah so they're they're further along mm-hmm. so um, yeah here it just talks about the uh, human genome project again so it was expected to take 15 years but draft sequences were completed in two uh, in 2000 okay um, so DNA profiling why do we want uh, to have uh, these things so now we come into actually something that we referenced earlier is the um, junk DNA. So mm-hmm. the Human Genome Project, they found that not all of the DNA is coding DNA. They're mm-hmm. not all genes. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are, for example, short tandem repeats. So they're just kind of... And why do we have those and not coding sequences? Well, um, one thing we use them for um, <laughs> is... Um, Forensic investigations and paternity investigations. What? Why? How? Because, think about it, we're all, like, we are all very similar. Mm -hmm. Like, if you compare us to a plant, we're all very similar. We use incredibly similar proteins. Mm -hmm. We only vary slightly. So, we share, like, 99.9%, I believe, of our DNA. Mm -hmm. So, if you're trying to do DNA profiling with just our genes... You're not going to get anywhere. Okay. We're all way too similar for that. And that's why we need those short tandem repeats. Because they do actually vary quite a bit from person ah, to person. Okay. And that's our DNA fingerprints. So, mm-hmm. uh, basically, a, uh, a selection of the short tandem repeats is copied uh, by the uh, PCR. And usually it's uh, on the DNA between 11 and 13 loci, uh, commonly used. Um, and it, on those loci, because it's very unlikely for individuals to have the same one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the, the copies are made and separated by gel electrophoresis. And then we have that pattern of bands that you can see, for example, on page 50 of the study guide. Mm-hmm. And then this, uh, these bands can be compared to um, other bands and you can see where oh, yeah. there's matches. Okay. Let- Relatively simple, I'd say. Um, it's just, uh, and you might have to answer a question about it. So when you, when it's some, something like paternity, uh, you'd have to look, uh, look at, um, who shares half of, um, the DNA, mm-hmm. who shares half of these bands. So now let's talk about genetic modification, GMO. So how is it done? <laughs> so we're, um, basically... We'd have to, uh, in a sense, um, we get uh, we need uh, certain enzymes for it. We need uh, restriction endonucleases, which cut open DNA molecules. At specific- Wait, what do we need mo- genetic modification for? Okay, we're gonna we're we're going to get to that afterwards, but I guess we can talk about that first. Yeah. So, um, basically, there's advantages and disadvantages to mm-hmm. genetic modification. The, uh, the basic idea is that it allows us to select for qu- uh, qualities that we find preferable. Um, in, like, what? In plants? In... Both, although at the moment it's more used in uh, uh, in crops. Ah, it, okay. It's mainly used in crops. Um, it's the idea that if we have the... Uh, so, with genetic modification specifically, not something like cloning, which we also still need to get to, mm-hmm. um, with genetic modification... Uh, I might want to say, hey, 
I want this. Uh, I want this. Uh, this population. They have severe vitamin A deficiency. I want, uh, but they eat a lot of rice. So let's make their rice have vitamin A in it, or at least a molecule that allows us to, allows them to make vitamin A. Nice. And boom, that's how you get golden rice. It's an actual thing that exists. Cool. Uh, but that's really useful. Yeah, that is, and that's the idea. There's um, both advantages and uh, drawbacks to GMO. And what so, is the drawback? So basically, there's um, it can be uh, kind of separated into in uh, so there's. So one of so what are some of the advantages? So some of the advantages is that we can add pesticide resistance, mm-hmm. so no pest pest resistance, and therefore we don't need to use as many pesticides. Nice. Yeah. Um, we can use. Uh, oh wait, I believe on page. Da, 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 let me just pull it up so um so I don't forget anything specific. Nope, that's too far. Um. Ah, there we go. So, um, there's, uh, so there's environment, so pest resistance means we need to use fewer pesticides. Um, we don't uh, need to spray as many crops, so obviously we don't need to uh, use as much fuel for farm machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, the sh- uh, shelf life can be, re- uh, can be increased. So if we have fruit and vegetables that last longer, obviously that means that we're not going to have to throw as much out as much food, reducing our food waste. Yeah. Um, then there's also health benefits. So like I mentioned earlier, uh, improving the vitamin content of certain crops. Um, so we could also remove allergens or toxins or bitter tasting chemicals from uh, certain crops. And they could also be, um, and you might also be able to engineer them that, we pr- that they're edible vaccines. Ooh, what? Creepy. Yeah. Um, and then there's also agricultural um Benefits so of first of all, obviously, fewer crops are going to be um, eaten by pests, mm-hmm. so uh, that's going to increase the yield. Uh, they're going you're going to have varieties resist. You could have varieties resistance to drought, uh, cold, and salinity, so that mm-hmm. way they you can expand the range over which they can be harvested, um, and also, yeah. You again, you can make them resistant to also like viruses and things like yeah. that. However, obviously, there's also drawbacks. You might have seen people campaign against GMO, and there are some reasons why you might not want to have them. Maybe. So, uh, f- for example, uh, health risks. Uh, they so the proteins produced by transcriptional translation of transferred genes could be toxic or cause allergic reactions. Oof. Okay. Um. So then also the um. Anti uh, antibiotic resistance genes uh, could also be used, and that could spread to pathogenic bacteria. Meaning mm-hmm. that because we have more things that we're giving antibiotic resistance to, that increases the risk of uh, that also going into things we don't want to have antibiotic mm-hmm. resistance because we're trying to fight them with antibiotics. Yeah. Um, then and they could also mutate and cause unexpected problems, like that might happen. Um, so there's also. Uh, environmental uh, risk so we could be affecting non-target organisms specifically there is an example of the bt maize the what uh, basically it was corn that was modified with a gene from uh, bacillus thuringiensis mm-hmm. um, which uh, basically kills insect pests okay however um, the pollen 
can also f uh, can also blow onto wild plants, which ended up killing some monarch butterflies. Oh no! Uh, even if they even though they don't feed on the maize because of the pollen, um, being uh, blowing into other places as well, it ended up affecting species they didn't want to be oh, okay. dead. Um, so uh, the biodiversity could also be reduced because uh, they're uh, because they're doing too well and thus pushing out native plants. Mm -hmm. um, they uh, and they could also eventually cause herbicide resistance to uh, the pests that were feeding on them. And there's also agricultural risk. Um, so one uh, one thing is that. You uh, that farmers cannot uh, re-sow the genetically modified seed because it's huh. uh, because they're patented, so they always have to buy them again and again. Oh, which okay. kind of sucks for the farmers. Yeah. So obviously there's these drawbacks, but there's like we said also advantages, and the one uh, example that you can use always is uh, BT maize. That there's we get more food, obviously. Yeah, mm -hmm. but. Okay. It's unintended. So how do we do genetic modification? So, um, one uh, so the one example it specifically looks at is with plasmids and insulin production, mm -hmm. because uh, uh, with type one diabetes, it's they don't uh, it's basically the people they don't produce sufficient insulin for themselves, and one way we can do that is by getting bacteria to make the insulin for us. Yay! Yay. Um, so, and like I said, we need several enzymes for that. One is um, restriction endonucleases. Their uh, job is basically to cut DNA at uh, specific base sequences. Mm -hmm. And there's the DNA ligase, which can seal it together. So we basically what we do is we extract um, the DNA. Uh, we extract mRNA, first of all, from uh, human pancreas cells that make insulin. So okay. we have the mRNA, which causes the insulin to be produced. And then we use uh, an enzyme called reverse transcriptase. Now you uh. can take three guesses what it does. Um, <laughs> it makes the mRNA basically back into DNA. Uh, now the um, st uh, now sticky ends can be made uh, using extra G nucleotides. Now the sticky ends they specifically uh, refer to um, extra uh, extra single strand DNA at the ends of the um, DNA molecule, mm -hmm. and if we have them on both of the molecules, obviously with opposing bases, when we put them together, they can kind of like lock into place almost. Okay. Because of the uh, because they have the opposite bases, they can. Ah. Go in. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we can cut open the plasmids first uh, using the restriction enzymes. We can make the sticky uh, so and we make which also makes the sticky ends, and then we we mix them and the uh, base pairing, because of the sticky ends they they mix, uh, they and they link up and then the DNA ligase seals up the bonds. Mm -hmm. Then we uh, put the plasmids in with host cells, so for example E. coli, um, and then these genetic uh, and then these genetically modified ones they're cultured. And they start making human insulin, which we can extract it, purify, and get people to use. That's useful. So yeah, um, obviously genetic modification can be useful, but if we do it with crops, like we just talked about, there's benefits and drawbacks. Mm -hmm. 
So let's talk about the last uh, part of this. And oh boy, we're already going very long. Yeah, no, we're not gonna have, we wouldn't have had enough time to look at inheritance and meiosis. Nope. Um, cloning. So a clone is essentially just a perfect, uh, a genetically identical uh, version of an organism. Um, one example of cl- uh, clones are identical twins, <laughs> specific, uh, specifically monozygotic twins. So because one way that we can clone is by taking an embryo and just splitting it. So at very uh, early stages, fuck? so zygote, not embryos, but zygotes, uh-huh. uh, when it's just like very few cells, they're pluripotent. They're what? Pluripotent. Remember stem cells? Nope. Oh, oh no, uh, pluri, they're powerful for many things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Knowing my, my, my Latin prefixes and shit. But, uh, no, but suffixes, I don't know. Yes, um, <laughs> word stems uh, <laughs> basically about pluripotent stem cells they can dif- they haven't differentiated yet mm-hmm. they can still be used for almost anything and so if we split them at that point um they can or we can just have two that just do the same thing again nice um the problem is once it goes oh, we can't do this forever obviously because eventually the uh, cells are going to differentiate and that's the issue uh, and that's an issue that we're going to be looking at with um the uh, with cloning so uh but it's uh, and the the reason why we don't clone a bunch of animals when they're still zygotes is because we don't know yet whether they have desirable characteristics uh, okay we don't know whether we actually want to clone them mm-hmm. um so yeah but uh, for example identical twins because they, they're monozygotic so they just split while they're in the uterus mm-hmm so, but they come from the same zygote, and that's why they're genetically identical and technically clones. Um, Creepy. Uh, I mean, pl- and, but plants also clone themselves when they re- reproduce asexually, mm. and so mm. do like a bunch of other, uh, some other organisms. However, artificial cloning. Um, an adult. Uh, so now let's look at the ad. How would we clone an adult animal? So, um, first, what we do is we need. <laughs> I like how you're giving like instructions. Okay, let's clone an adult animal. Okay, continue. So what we need is a uh, well, what you will need for this recipe <laughs> is an uh, is an empty egg cell and <laughs> and some uh, cells from a uh, from a donor. Nice. So uh, we take uh, so we take the cell <laughs> from the donor. The ingredients can be can be acquired in the nearest supermarket. <laughs> Uh, I mean, technically from yourself, but don't don't clone yourself at home, <laughs> um, uh, unless unless you're an actual scientist, in which case I don't know why you're listening to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the example that's given in the textbook is with Dolly the sheep, which was the first mammal to be cloned. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, in that case, the cell was taken from the udder of the donor adult and cultured. Then the uh, you t- uh, then we take the nucleus of the donor cell, so where the chromosomes are located. Mm-hmm. And we fuse it with the empty egg cell using a shock of electricity. <sighs> that sounds barbaric. Okay, next. I mean, the cells don't feel pain. I know, but it still sounds weird. Yeah, it's it's weird, but oh well. Um, <laughs> the uh, so and then now, especially with the dolly the sheep experiment, a lot of the cells didn't. I think it was like something like ten percent of the cells only fused. Oh, they didn't okay. like. It, this isn't a guaranteed thing, but generally. If you want to do it, you have to try and fuse them using a pulse of electricity. And now, you, 
this should get and now this results in an embryo um, with uh, and which you now get a third sheep uh, where you hope uh, where you put the embryo in the uterus and hope that it implants itself. I believe it took 29 tries to for, for one of the embryos to implant themselves, Jesus which then Christ. became Dolly. Dolly the sheep. Mm-hmm. Boom, there we go. Look at that. Yay. Yay. I mean, the issue with uh, the issue with cloning an adult is because uh, at the end of our uh, cells, we have something called telomeres. Mm-hmm. And the thing with telomeres is I mean, that... At the end of our uh, Oh, yeah, the DNA. At, at the end of the chromosome, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have telomeres. And they... Uh, and basically what they do is they... Um, get shortened every time our cell replicates. So in my toes, just just a small bit. But mm-hmm. uh, the only time and the only time the telomeres are uh, relengthened is before meiosis. Um, but the thing mm-hmm. is, because we don't have, uh, but because we don't have um, that. All the time. <laughs> so because um, uh, because in, for example, the other cell, other cell, the um, telomeres. Would have already been like shortened because they've already lived for a while. Um, they send uh, we when we take them to implant them, the telomeres are already pre-shortened. Okay. And that means uh, and the thing is. Um, so where's the problem with that? Because eventually, remember, the telomeres are going to run out, and yeah. they and they're not coding sections. But once the telomeres run out, they're going to st- uh, it's going to be starting to be coding sections of DNA that take away uh, that are taken away uh-huh. when we replicate the DNA. That's one of the reasons why um, problems tend to occur at older ages because of the replication of the cells the telomeres start running out oh so that's why older people get have more problems with yeah. shit yes and i think with that um and so that's oh and so so yeah basically dolly was already pre-aged ah Ugh, that sounds like a cheese <laughs> and with that wonderful observation um after we have taken 45 minutes of your life, unless you decide to watch this on several times speed, which I generally think is probably a better idea, or just don't watch it at all. Listen to Listen it. Listen to it at all, which is probably the best idea. <laughs> oh, shut up. We are entertaining. <laughs> all right. Bye, people. Yes, goodbye. <laughs>